find myself sketching a lot too, but for whatever reason, I haven't found any way to manifest that into like real finished pieces. They just become nonsensical and there's a lot of humor involved and sometimes text involved. And then I write notes next to them. It's just like I keep paper next to me always and I'm kind of always just fidgeting. Yeah. But that never really turns into like a finished piece. I see that different than the creative process of a, like a finished painting. Well... I'll, I'll keep those notes in the drawing. If you look closely in the yeah. sketchbook into my drawings, you'll see little notes, phone numbers. Right, for sure. Or like class notes, or don't forget to do this. Or yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, don't forget to call them. Or... And if it's cool, like whatever, I just, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I have had have had the thought of trying to create like a more finished piece based off just like a doodle page like that. But, you know, sometimes a doodle page will be there for a day and I'll throw it away. And other times it'll be there for like months and it'll be like really dense of just nonsense. But I can't really work that way or I haven't found a way to work that way paintings are more like I just hyper focus on sort of composition yeah. and color and then I yeah just kind of like knock stuff out what you're looking at to me are extensions of the drawings but downstairs I have my big paintings and that I feel more formal so I I, I understand what you're saying right. like the drawings just like kind of slide right into that it's not that much different of a feeling or a yeah. mood Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 284th episode, I'm really excited to be joined once again by Anne Bloss and Eric Okrasa. We're going to talk all about their exhibition that opens this Saturday, December 10th at Studio Break Gallery called Shapes and Colors. And of course, we're going to talk all about some of the processes that both of the artists utilize in creating their abstract works. And again, some of the similarities in space and layering, as well as differences. Obviously, there's lots of intense and fun kind of colors. So we're super excited to have both of these artists back on to talk all about their work. Be sure to follow Anne on Instagram. That's Anne Blass. And then, of course, Eric is Eric Okrasa. Same name for the website. Check out their work there. And, of course, you can find those links on the Studio Break Instagram at studio underscore break. I'm super excited to announce that our 2022 pro competition is now open. Our juror this year is Jason Franz of Manifest. And if you're familiar with Manifest, Manifest Gallery, as well as Drawing Center, they have artist residencies, fantastic exhibitions, and Jason is the executive director and chief curator there. So we're very excited that he'll be selecting five artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break and to be featured on the website. In addition to that, one artist will be selected for a solo exhibition two artists will be selected for a two-person exhibition. The competition's open to all professional working artists. That includes emerging, mid-career, established, and outsider artists. I would note students, you should apply to the spring competition. But other than that, it's open in terms of media. So once again, if you want details on how to apply, head to studiobreak.com. Look for the competition page, and you can find all the information there. It's really easy to apply. You submit a small fee, send an email with your website portfolio slash Instagram, and you are done. So once again, deadline is December 31st. Please get those apps in. And of course, help spread the word if you would be so kind. Just a reminder, once again, you can find all sorts of Studio Break stuff out there. So be sure to follow our Facebook page, like it. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And of course, be sure to follow on 
Instagram at studio underscore break. And of course, once again, you can find all the information about the exhibition, where to find the gallery on our website, studiobreak.com, just under the gallery tab, and you will find it. With those announcements out of the way, let's dive right into this interview with Ann Bloss and Eric Okrasa. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm super excited to be joined by Erica Krasa and Ann Bloss. So thank you for, for doing this. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to my home. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about Shapes and Colors, which is this two-person exhibition that's coming up um, essentially next week at Studio Break Gallery. So excited to have, I guess, our first two-person show, but it seemed very fitting. Um, you know, we all teach at College DuPage, and... You know, during the uh, the lockdown, the pandemic kind of became really a lot better friends as we relied on each other for for teaching and also, of course, talking all about artwork and kind of giving each other feedback. And so, again, it's kind of kind of fun to have you uh, participate in this manner. So super excited about all this. Yeah. Thanks for um, pulling this together for us and really honored to show in your uh, studio. And it's a beautiful space. If you haven't been there, please come. Yeah, it'll be fun. And there'll be lots of food, too, and Eric will give high fives. And... <laughs> Classic high fives. Yeah, it's cool uh, to connect with professors on a different level, people that are similar to you, and then actually be able to make art in a similar way and show together and, yeah, in a gallery space that a friend owns. It's just, yeah. it's cool to have, like, a connection like that. To be all serious now, so, again, let's let's talk a little bit. You know, obviously, we've got some other podcasts that we've both done individually, kind of highlighting your, your backgrounds and everything. But, Anne, why don't you just kind of briefly uh, get us up to speed, then we'll shoot it on over to Eric. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and how long you've been making work and stuff like that. Technically born in Chicago on the south side and was raised in Bolingbrook and went to all state colleges here in Illinois, Western, and then graduate school at Northern been teaching at COD for many years, been making art the whole time. So painting, drawing, I explained a lot about my family and background on the first episode, and I hope you guys check it out. And Eric? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Austin, Texas, went to school in San Marcos, Texas State for my undergrad, and then University of Houston for my master's program, both in painting. Been making paintings ever since. Yeah, I moved to Chicago about seven years ago now, and almost immediately got a job at uh, the College of DuPage. So I think I've been teaching there for about six years now. And yeah, making work and trying to grind through it. Right on. And obviously we're not going to go and kind of like, you know, uncover every stone and kind of, (laughs) you know, talk about every little thing. But just a general question for both of you, because obviously one of the big thematic things that I think about with this show is, of course, that you both are abstract painters. You know, maybe Anne is kind of imploring some more kind of organic shapes, some lines, and, you know, maybe a little bit more exploration in terms of the way paint's applied and things like that. Eric, you know, maybe a little bit more hard-edged. But but have you both been, you know, kind of exploring abstraction essentially for, you know, most of the, the chunk of what you would say is your career, I guess, if that... I have a background. I think I explained it, graphic design and illustration. So I do kind of do a lot of drawings of things that are recognizable that I'll sneak into the... It's not so intentional. It happens intuitively, like I'm looking at something and sort of incorporating it into it. It veers off in there. But I do like to play with the paint itself and see what happens. And lately in the sketchbooks, I'm doing a lot of line work, a lot of drawings, also intuitive. 
I like to play with color and line design. I mean, sure. Yeah. I think we're all in that, in that <laughs> same kind of area, especially with color, right? But Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, a lot of things you said, are they ring true to me as well. I think that I'm kind of just playing with composition and thinking about designing an interesting space. Um, I use a lot of tape and other things to keep my paintings sort of super clean. Um, and I do kind of envy Anne's sort of immediate process a little bit, that you can kind of just jump in and create work without thinking very much. Like for me... It's hard for me not to think. Sometimes I think I overthink. Here I am thinking about thinking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time in the preliminary stages, sometimes I think uh, to a detriment to the creative process almost. We can certainly kind of imagine working with improvisation and kind of responding to the marks, the paint, the way that it's going down. So Eric, maybe explain that process a little bit too, because I think you use like stenciling or something else like that too. Yeah, I do a, a fair amount of digital applications uh, when, when designing paintings, either through Illustrator um, or other programs sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes I will design vinyl cuttings uh, through Illustrator as well or a CAD file uh, where I'll create shapes, kind of very, very intricate stickers that I can mask with rather than tape. But it's in a similar fashion that I would use tape, just kind of like create my own tape in a way. Mm. And obviously using a lot of tape, though, still, too. I think you have a massive tape ball, if I'm not mistaken. I do, yeah. It's, uh, it's like almost 15 pounds now. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> well, right on. And what about you, Anne? You know, like, because I know we talked briefly about this, but I'm, what are those types of things that you start kind of seeing and responding to? Because you kind of alluded to yeah. some things that you can kind of start from that are recognizable. I like to incorporate movement into my work. I like to look at things like birds or plants or lately been starting out with drawings which I've been doing in my spare time and every night almost and then I develop them one or two days later and come up with some interesting design ideas it's sort of like what Eric was saying like where he's more planning it I sort of draw and then find the form within it which some are successful and some are are not but I, I it also makes me feel relaxed to do that mm -hmm. I think that's a lot for the artist to um the reason we create anything it's sort of at the end of the day I if the if your equipment wasn't here all my markers and things would be out and I just have the book here and I just start drawing sure uh, watching stuff on tv listening to podcasts like yours and lots of music and music sure. yes yeah. with the <laughs> last episode we got into all the music and yeah even when I'm teaching mm-hmm I have that pad there. I haven't been able to get to it lately, sure. you know, but it's always, I bring it every single day to the class. Yeah, it strikes me almost like the same kind of way that, you know, folks that work from observation kind of work, they kind of have to be in that pocket of like coming back to it every day and kind of being in that flow. So I'd imagine that kind of works like that, you know, relative to your practice. And of course, you know, people can follow you on Instagram. The Instagram is yeah. just Ann Blass at Instagram. Yeah, Ann Blass at Instagram. Yeah. But again, you can kind of see there's like usually like nightly kind of drawings. By comparison, Eric, it seems like it'll come in waves. It's, it's interesting because you were talking about your creative process where you're sketching a lot. I find myself sketching a lot too, but for whatever reason, I haven't found any way to manifest that into like real finished pieces. They just become nonsensical and there's a lot of humor involved and sometimes text involved and then I write notes next to them it's just like I keep paper next to me always and I'm kind of always just fidgeting yeah but that never really turns into like a finished piece I see that different than the creative process of a like a finished painting well 
I'll I'll keep those notes in the drawing. If you look closely in the yeah. sketchbook into my drawings, you'll see little notes, phone numbers. Right, for sure. Or like class notes. Or don't forget to do this. Or yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, don't forget to call them. Or... And if it's cool, like whatever. I just yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I, I've had have had the thought of trying to create like a more finished piece based off just like a doodle page like that. But you know, sometimes a doodle page will be there for a day and I'll throw it away, and other times it'll be there for like months and it'll be like really dense of just nonsense but i can't really work that way or i haven't found a way to work that way paintings are more like i just hyper focus on sort of composition yeah. and color and then i yeah just kind of like knock stuff out what you're looking at to me are extensions of the drawings but downstairs i have my big paintings and that i feel more formal so i i, I understand what you're saying right. like the drawings just like kind of slide right into that it's not that much different of a feeling or a yeah. mood. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Eric, I'm curious, like, are there things that change in your paintings, though? I mean, I can't imagine that there's no improvisation when you pick the awfulest color combination. Awfulest is right. not a good word. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, in grad school, I thought, for whatever reason, that complication made a painting better. So I would design, like, the most complicated, the most technically difficult painting to do and I would spend like a hundred hours on it. I thought that was a good painting because I spent a lot of time on it. I'm finding it's not really true. Like some of those paintings were actually pretty boring. Uh, it was just like very sort of a monotonous creative form. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, there is more improvisational decisions made now. There still is sketching. There still is lots of preliminary drafts before I come in. But sometimes I can just have a canvas and kind of doodle with tape. It's kind mm -hmm. of how I think of it, because I actually mark off lines first. So sometimes yeah. tape is pretty forgiving, because you put it down, you don't like it, and you just pull it up and do it again. I do find myself doodling with tape more recently. Yeah, that's probably similar to what I'm doing. Yeah. Just with them, I use markers or pens. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, something that I'm obviously very interested in, we kind of hinted at before, is, is color. You know, you both kind of use some pretty loud kind of color combinations, sometimes more subdued. But I'm curious, then, related to your processes... You know, could you could you both kind of maybe talk a little bit about that? And maybe, and you could kind of lead us off, you know, just because, again, I, I kind of go back to, for me, undergraduate, when I was really immersed in just making making color combinations off the top of my head, working really abstractly and just kind of like almost idealizing color in a certain way. So are these kind of more like based off of anything or just kind of imaginative, kind of responsive and just building off that, that color language, I guess, if you will, that you've developed? As far as color goes, of course, I'm thinking about balance and what I need more of and less of. I used to keep the canvas in the background kind of white, but I like the white to add space. So I might use some loud colors, but then I calm it down somewhere. So a lot of these drawings on the, on the wooden panels, I'm just leaving the wood raw, and that's so that it balances that mm -hmm. bright color. I like different variations of whites. Um, and anything that shows space and kind of uh, infinity, and even to go past the edge of the canvas. And obviously that history is visible in a way that yeah. certainly Eric's paintings are totally kind of different. Although maybe, I don't know, that, that could be something that's different. But that's something that's actually really kind of interesting because you kind of start seeing that process uh, a little bit more directly in terms of the way that it might change, you know, versus something that, again, just seems like, like super flat. Which, again, is super interesting to kind of have this pairing. But, Eric, what about you? I mean, I, I don't know why I just imagine you're... <laughs> who knows? I mean, yeah, my color 
creations or my color decisions are informed by like basic color theory. Sometimes I just have like a basic mm -hmm. idea and then I just extrapolate that. Like I have a blue and orange painting uh, in the in the piece, and but there's you know six different oranges and six different blues, and they're kind of gradating in different directions. So just taking a you know very simple compliment. Sometimes I do like silly things, like I inspire them by like Pokemon and stuff. Like I'll look at like <laughs> basic Pokemon colors, and like if you look at like animated stuff like that or anime, like the the colors are so bold and they're so well thought out. So you can get like a nice kind of color palette, and then kind of throw your own thing in there as well. But yeah, sometimes they're silly like that. Other times they're just more intuitive. But usually when I'm sort of working, I'll have like one basic idea and then I'll try to find like ways to kind of change that system. Like I have one system that I'm going to do and then I'm going to find ways to like break that in certain ways. Well, it's interesting to me to think about the idea of layering too for both of them because in yours, there's kind of like the way that like two colors will lay over each other and kind of shift something to kind of imply like a, a transparency or a, like a veil. And then, you know, that's something that's present in Anne's work, but in an obviously different kind of way in terms of yours being super flat and then being so specific. But I'm assuming that's something that you also really like doing to kind of play with that optical side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Like I like the idea of the illusion of three-dimensionality, similar to how Anne was talking about the idea of like infinity. I like that. But, you know, when I look at one of Anne's paintings, I can see all these very visceral mark-making techniques. I can almost follow her hand in certain areas. And I like that in, the, in her type of painting style. But for me, like, I'm more interested in just, like, straight composition and color. And, like, I feel like in some ways mark-making can distract from that kind of thing. Unless you go all the way into that direction as Anne does and like really create those visceral marks. Um, so I kind of just went the other way and kind of like tightened it up rather than allowing the, the sort of chaos to ensue. Well, but it's interesting too, because there's still that in implied space, you know, like you'll implore gradients or something sure. that kind of create that sensation of shifting. Whereas Anne, you know, might have almost like these subject or figurative elements kind of pop forward a little bit because they become a little bit more positive. So again, there's still, there's still that kind of spatial relationship, but it's interesting to think about the, the two different avenues of, of exploring that. In Eric's work, I was wondering, like, when I look at this painting that's on the card, if there's any subject matter, like, I know it's abstract, but it sort of has, like, a 70s vibe. I almost feel like Colorado. Sure. Um, Sunset-y. Like, where do you get your inspiration for that from? kind of all over the place yeah sometimes it can be like literally from anything like i said pokemon or anime or something silly things like that or sometimes it can be like as you said like a a 1970s ad for montana or something yeah like, i don't i don't i don't know like where it's going to come from it just as i interact with things in my life i just am drawn to certain things just as anybody would be i suppose um and then yeah just like i think like you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna abstract that or like i just like that color palette but i'm gonna do it totally differently in my own painting but i'm gonna take that color what, like, would you abstract his shirt or something like that? <laughs> uh, maybe. It's, it's a little drab, yeah. It's, uh, but maybe that pillow. That pillow's got some nice color. Yes. Yeah, the, the bold reds and almost gold on top yes, of it. Yeah. And it has, it has nice, clean black it's lines. It's from which uh, I, I Afghanistan. Like. Is it? That's cool. Yeah, I, I, like, like, I, I like organization in a painting. Like, your paintings, I really like, but sometimes they almost give me anxiety. Why? It's like there's too much going on. Like, there's, oh. there's chaos. It's like, but it's organized chaos in some ways. Like, for me to make a painting like that would be difficult. Like for me, a painting has to make sense, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, these are portions of these drawings. Of, of larger drawings, yeah. yeah of small, yeah. smaller drawings. Oh, like, right, right. So I'm blowing it up. But I see. Yes, 
you know, that's the latest one. But mm-hmm. it, is, it is kind of, for me, it's getting a little full, too. I mean, as a viewer, I love the organized chaos. As a creator, I don't know if I could make <laughs> work like that. Which is like, it's fine. I think that's exciting that there's, you know, different creative processes. I'm sure taping off forms and trying to paint super flat would drive you crazy. It would be like, let me paint. Let me, like, get in there. So, yeah. like, I get that, you know, there's differences. There's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. I did use tape to make that uh, circle. Sure, certain forms, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. but even then, like, I'd be like, oh, there's a little bleed over here. It would, like, bother me so bad. To, like, I'd, oh, have, to, I'd have yeah, to clean yeah. it up. And I... it's like, for you, it's like, whatever. You just, like, you allow it to just be its form. Yes, that I can't do. So that's that's <laughs> it. Yeah, right. That's a key. Right. Well, it's it's interesting, though, too, because I, like, I see a lot of repetition in both of these, though, too. I mean, you're kind of repeating a lot of these, like, smaller shapes in or kind of, like, you know, there's pockets of these lines that kind of have all of these little nuanced, small shapes. You know, Eric might be kind of repeating some of these larger, like kind of geometric kind of forms. But, you know, that's something that kind of strikes me, too, with both of them is that, you know, seeing and being familiar with both of your works, there's a lot of like repetition of shape and and slight variation of that that kind of adds you know, like a, a sense of unity. Um, right. <laughs> no, but, but it, it brings them together for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Or intentionally, like, uh, like you take a shape and then, you, you know, through a repetition of it, you slowly change it into another shape. And then that creates, like, unity, but also movement. So, like, I think that you could, like, really easily, every time I think of a painting, like, the first thing I think of and kind of the core of my creative process is how is the viewer going to engage the painting, like the movement of the painting. And then, you know, all the creative elements of design come into that as far as, you know, color, movement, balance, all those and things. The, and the space that and the space, show yeah, it at. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah the gallery space is a, is a big part of it as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's more of like a design. Like I'm kind of just designing composition and trying to like delegate a movement. And again, I completely feel bad about not bringing this up but i also believe you have a design background too of some kind uh, i do yeah i actually have a, a bachelor's in graphic design and in in painting gosh we should have i feel like we missed out on that we earlier done, yeah, we we done talked a, about that. yeah we could have done um, a digital show or something well, it, yeah. it, it show sense. of design but it makes sense though in terms of like what your considerations are i don't get the sensation from looking at either of your works that you're overly concerned about like a very specific message you're both kind of like wanting this formal visceral kind of like experience with the viewer yeah Absolutely. I don't have any of that sort of romantic relationship with my work. I'm more interested in the idea of just creating interesting compositions that move and trying to think about how the person engages with that work. Mondrian got very deep on that, but the sort of idea that like anybody could look at this painting and like have the same reaction or have a similar reaction. It doesn't matter where you grew up, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter. It's all going to be the same. So I like that idea. I like creating just composition for the sake of design almost i guess and then just that's it like i don't i don't want it really to be any sort of existential or any sort of like deep message or anything if you get something from it that's great like that's cool do that but i'm not gonna like have an idea or i think it's infinitely more interesting for an artist to ask you something or to show you something than to tell you something i think when an artist tells you something it's kind of boring it's kind of like okay i get it like you you don't like that or you do like that and okay let me move on yeah, leave the door open a little. <laughs> right, Sorry. yeah, leave some mystique, leave some, uh, right. I have to work on those, you know, awful, awful transitions. That's like a right. teacher teacher moment that you try to make an awful joke just to make it as awkward as possible, right. you know. Well, again, I'm, I'm kind of curious, I, you know, obviously we'll talk a little bit about the specific details with shows and whatnot. I'm, you know, excited to, to think about these pieces, uh, you know, hanging in the space. What kind of things looking back have kind of remained the same, or have there any things that have kind of shifted that you 
you know, would kind of think would be interesting for somebody to know relative to your work? Because I often think that things come in like cycles too, you know, and I think that's something that's kind of interesting for me to kind of come up with new ideas or, you know, you get kind of engaged with new stimuli. But what about you, Anne? I've been doing these drawings and then these wood panel. And I think probably after this show, I might move back into the mylar and bigger paintings. Mm -hmm. The bigger paintings, the way the paint moves is a little bit different than this is more about drawing, I would say. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I'm using color and bright color, but the enamel paint that I'm using on those lends itself to like shapes and forms that are solid, where different paintings that we're looking mm-hmm. at here are um, more about transparency and movement of the paint, which I really like. And then another thing is on the mylar, it's transparent, so there's a whole nother element. And yeah, it's it's ethereal sometimes and I can't really get that with that because of the the surface so that's Mm -hmm. that's probably the direction sure and then after I do that I'll move back into the drawing again so back and forth yeah yeah. and I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit with Eric who apparently um, annoyed everybody in graduate school and was just like I gotta have 40 hours in this week you guys stink right but but uh, but essentially it sounds like again that was kind of the big shift has there has there been other things that you've kind of thought about that might be different about your work than it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have what I would call like a cycle of complexity. Like I kind of, it kind of comes and goes. Sometimes I really want to just nerd out and spend a bunch of time on one painting just to see if I can do it, like a test of will kind of. Uh, other times I just want to work through other paintings and I work a little bit faster uh, in that in that space. And you know, I've done a lot of paintings for a long time, but I actually started fairly recently and there will be some in this show, just uh, just drawing again. And similar to the paintings, but it's a more immediate kind of intuitive process. And I'm enjoying being able to be more intuitive and make those decisions in the moment rather than feeling like it's so precious and I have to spend so much time thinking of it and planning it before I actually make the thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Like sometimes that can be, you know, like a great tool to kind of just move on from something. You know, I think as we're all teachers, I'm sure we're very familiar with uh, maybe sometimes where students kind of get hung up on not knowing how something's going to be resolved and there's something about just diving in there and like painting yourself into a corner and just being like how am I going to fix this thing right absolutely and sometimes it's easier to it's like do as I say not as I do it's like yeah like, <laughs> the student should for sure do that but like I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time <laughs> <laughs> well and that's kind of the you know the big trade-off too obviously as you become a professional artist you have all that time right you know I mean there's some folks that will spend a year on something now granted kind of like we were talking about the differences between the way that you both work. I can't imagine doing that at all, but I talked to plenty of artists that will spend long time making stuff. Yeah. Actually one of the paintings in the show, uh, I really, really struggled with it and I don't even know what I think about it now that it's finished, but I've been off and on working on it for six months. Oh wow. Crazy. Like I, I never spent that much time on a painting. It's like, usually it's very focused, very grinding out kind of work. And I just like, was at a loss for, for like weeks or months for this one. Like I didn't know what to do. So. Do you revisit them? Like uh, when let they're it done, sit? They're, yeah, then... I'll let it sit. But when it's done, it's done. Like I, I make that decision. I like sign it, whatever, put it over there, and I, I think that it's done. But yeah, absolutely. If it's not finished, if I have that feeling that it still needs more, I have to go back to it. Like I feel yeah. like I have this like unfinished part of me that I have to like put the period at the end of the sentence. I've been uh, working with the Mylar. I had it printed on acrylic and working on a light box. So I'm interested in 
maybe different materials mm -hmm. and seeing where I could take somewhere between the painting and drawing. That's what I like to find with a, a surface that's kind of slick in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, larger and I maybe it's something I haven't done yet. That's my goal. Yeah, I love all the weirdness of it. I've been thinking about painting on canvas again, which is hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I've painted on anything but panel for like two decades or something. What do you like about the panel? I just, I mean, I like the slickness of it, like you're saying. There's there's a way of kind of dealing with it, but I mean, there's a tooth to canvas that's interesting. Again, this is like that wonderful dorky, you know, painter conversation, you know, where you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, like when you like... You know, put enough put enough oil or water in something and it just gets that right viscosity. Have you tried linen? Painting on linen? It's Soft. expensive, it but is. it it's really nice. It's it softer moves than, good. than canvas. That one's linen over there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like it although like kind of like moving out of your comfort zone in some ways. It's funny that, you know, I think the the layperson would kind of laugh at the difference between a panel and a canvas and we're actually like right. contemplating right. the difference of these things. Um and paper, it, yeah. And paper, right. But yeah, it's like, it's all, it's all the same. It's all just a two-dimensional representation. Yeah, but, but each thing, lend, like the wood, to me, is making these shapes. Absolutely, when yeah. When I'm mm -hmm. there, I want to move it like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think also uh, stepping out of the norm can kind of free up your creative spirit. I don't know if that sounds weird, but... No, I it's like I, I have like such a way of doing things. It's very regimented. And it's like when I do it on a different medium, it's like, oh, let's try this. It's like I, I'm much yeah. more uh, open to new things. To be specific about our shapes and colors show, what can people expect? I mean, again, I know you both uh, obviously will have some editing going on when we kind of pull all this work together and hang it very shortly. But, you know, again, it sounds like, Anne, you've got a number of like paintings and drawings that are that have been kind of going, you know, certainly get a better idea of this by checking out your Instagram. Where's, where's that at again? Tell everybody where they can kind of follow along. And Anne Blass, A-N-N-B-L-A-A-S, Blass at Instagram. And I uh, love to have you over there. I'm making a couple light boxes and maybe hanging something from the middle, possibly if that works. Um, and drawings and uh, these wood panel paintings. But right on. And then Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking uh, mostly mostly paintings. Uh, I, I stretch canvas over panel. A pretty standard kind of finish. Some shaped canvases, some larger canvases, some kind of small canvases, and then a, a set of drawings that I'll kind of put to the side. Uh, probably won't present them. Uh, in the same way that I'll present the uh, the paintings, but kind of like a side thing because it's still kind of new to me. I don't really, I don't know. I don't have to think about them yet. They're still, I haven't, it's it's weird to say that I haven't drawn in a long time, but I have, like I've doodled, but I haven't looked at them as like finished pieces. Some doodles that the public can... Uh... <laughs> Acceptable doodles for the public, yeah, well, right. And, and right. That's something that we had talked about too is the idea of drawings and, and having those available along with that. So we're going to kind of have some other works, you know, aside from the you know, the traditional kind of paintings that are, you know, popping off the wall will be a number of uh, flat works. And, but again, Eric, you know, remind everybody, where can they, where can they see your work and follow along? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram as well. It's just my name, Eric Okrasa, E-R-I-C-O-C-K-R-A-S-S-A. And uh, yeah, it's on Instagram. And then you have a website? I do. Yeah. It's also, <laughs> also, also my name, uh, Eric Okrasa, E-R-I-C-O-C-K-R-A-S-S-A.com. All right. Well, again, obviously super excited about this show. Again, it opens uh, December 10th, 4 to 8, so it's pretty accommodating for hours. You know, come hang out, 
chat with the artists and you know have a have a drink have something to snack on and and have some great conversation so hope to see you there again thanks thanks both of you for for doing this uh super excited for this thank you yeah it's gonna be a fun time and then uh one thing my wife recommended me uh to mention is that uh, the gallery is connected to a residential area so if you roll up and it's a house don't be confused you're you're in the right place oh yeah (laughs) yes Yes. well again thanks so much for doing this yeah thanks for having us Thanks once again to Anne and Eric for joining me. We hope that you come check out the exhibition, Shapes and Colors. It opens this Saturday, December 10th, and runs from 4 to 8 p.m. at Studio Break Gallery in West Chicago. Once again, that is residential, so you'll find some street parking. But please come out and meet the artists, see some great artwork, and have some great conversation. So once again, you can find detailed instructions. Just head on over to studiobreak.com, look under the gallery tab, and you'll find all the information and a map there. I'd also note if you wanted to check out some of those episodes that we talked about individually with Ann and Eric, Ann's episode was 262, and of course you can listen to Eric's, which was 218. Please be sure to give them both a follow to check out more of their work on Instagram. That's Ann Bloss and, of course, Eric Okrasa, his website by the same name. You can find all that linked in our various social media posts. You can also find it on the Studio Break website where we posted this interview with images and links to their websites and all that information so you can check it out there. Another thing you can check out while you're there is our 2022 Pro Competition, which is now open to all emerging, mid-career, established, and outsider artists. The only stipulation is no artists that are currently enrolled in school can apply. Our juror this year is Jason Franz of Manifest Gallery, the executive director there. And of course, they have Manifest Residency and Drawing Center. So super excited to have Jason on board. He'll be selecting five artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break and especially excited to offer exhibitions. So we'll be selecting one artist for a solo exhibition and two artists for a two-person exhibition at Studio Break Gallery in West Chicago. So very excited to offer this kind of extended version of Studio Break. As you know, the podcast has been going on for years, but very excited to incorporate this new aspect of Studio Break to be exhibiting and showing artists. If you're interested in applying, once again, you can find all the details there on the competition page on studiobreak.com, but you submit a small fee, you email your website and a portfolio link, your Instagram information, and you are done. So very easy to apply. And of course, we encourage you to help spread the word, help others know about this opportunity. We love showcasing all sorts of different artwork. So once again, head on over to studiobreak.com, look under the competition page for more details. If this is your first Studio Break experience, I do encourage you to check out the archive on studiobreak.com. Each of our posts there have images of the artist's artwork, links to their websites, and of course, you can listen to these interviews, which make really great studio companions right there on the default player, or subscribe in Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, you can always earn some karma points by helping share these interviews Music for today's episode is by Golden Shadow, which features myself, Ben Cohan, and Brett Theory. You can find us on Instagram at Golden Shadow Band. We've got a EP there that you can find linked in Bandcamp that we put out in April of this year. So again, very excited to share that. Of course, be sure to give a follow on Instagram at Golden Shadow Band. You can see some of Ben's paintings by following him on Instagram at mbencohanstudio. You can also find Brett Beery on Instagram, and there'll be a link there to some of his Bandcamp albums and various music projects. 
Of course, if you want to see my work, you don't have to go too far from Studio Break as everything is integrated right there. So check out some paintings. You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all those places, at David Linaway. And of course, it's always great hearing from listeners. So if you enjoyed today's episode or a recent episode, be sure to give a shout out. Once again, our Instagram is at studio underscore break. Great way to stay in touch and to know what's going on. Aside from that, I hope everybody is doing really, really well heading into the end of the year, staying very productive in the studio. Super excited to share this interview today. Hope that you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you real soon.